Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Friday, July 30th, 2021. And we are live. Everybody's doing well today. Been a very, very busy day. I was on uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered today for a little more than two hours and had to get ready to do this show. So we have a jam-packed show uh, today. Uh, I'll sh- uh, on our Sunday show, I'll share a couple of excerpts from uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered today. But um, Benjamin Crump, attorney Benjamin Crump, is in the news once again. Have you heard the story of Henrietta Lacks? Henrietta Lacks. Henrietta Lacks was an African-American woman in uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland, who died of cervical cancer at the age of 31. And uh, some people have seen the uh, special from the movie from uh, Oprah Winfrey about Henrietta Lacks. But um, Henrietta Lacks had cervical cancer and a uh, portion of her sale of her of her tumor was taken without her permission and experiments were done with it. And medical breakthroughs were created from her sales. They're called HeLa cells. HeLa cells have been used uh, to uh, develop uh, the uh, first polio vaccines, uh, they were launched into space to see how they operated in zero gravity. Uh, numerous medical breakthroughs have been made from her sales, but her family has not been compensated. Her family, her descendants have never been compensated. Well, attorney Benjamin Crump has uh, taken up the fight for her family. and He's suing pharmaceutical companies for building wealth off of Henrietta Lacks uh, sales. So we'll, we'll discuss that. And then uh, we got news today that uh, Simone Biles is dropping out of the vault competition and the uneven bars competition that's supposed to take place on Sunday in the Olympics. So we'll give you an update on what's going on with uh, Simone Biles as she continues to focus in on her uh, mental health. Now, she posted on Instagram, on her Instagram account, and I follow her on Instagram, as well as Facebook. She posted on her uh, Instagram account today video of her um, trying to do different maneuvers and not being there still suffering from uh, the mental block, still uh, not being there uh, mentally. Uh, Simone Biles says she is still suffering uh, the twisties uh, on Friday and said, uh, quote, literally cannot tell up from down, literally cannot tell up from down, raising serious doubts about whether she would be able to compete in her individual events at the Tokyo Olympics. So um, there's a clip from the Today Show I'm going to share with you. We'll give you an update on what's going on with Simone Biles. There's also a piece from NBC News. What are the twisties? Simone Biles explains gymnastics struggle 
at Tokyo Games. Simone Biles explains gymnastics struggle at Tokyo Games. So we'll talk about that. And then um, my 10-week online course that I teach on Saturdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, uh, 1865 to 1968. Uh, we'll discuss that. I'll give you a brief preview of what we cover in that online course. Uh, and class meets uh, on Saturdays, okay? So that's a brand new uh, online course that I'm teaching. And uh, we deal with that 100-year uh, period of history and what happened uh, after slavery ended, okay? So we'll discuss that also. All right, now, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. When you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with, deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show, and I heard the promo uh, from 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, so I appreciate that, uh, the promo that they're running, uh, promoting my show. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter, text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter. Also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right. And uh, if you'd like this type of information, you can support the African History Network. Uh, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. This helps us keep doing the research and stay on the air six days a week. Um, getting finance the show. All right. So I'm going to jump in this first topic here. We're going to go to clip one in just a second, uh, uh, Jalen, um, or Ed, is Ed tonight. Um, we'll, we'll go to clip one in just a minute here. So I, I want to look at the story here dealing with uh, Benjamin Crump taking on the fight of the uh, Henrietta Lacks family. Now, I first found out about the story of Henrietta Lacks um, back in about 2012 from Hidden Colors 2. And uh, my friend Tony Browder was talking about Henrietta Lacks, and I did research on her. And I talk about Henrietta Lacks in the lecture series I do called Great African Women in History, the Mothers of Civilization. Great African Women in History, the Mothers of Civilization. Now, um, there's an article from uh, thegrio.com. There's an article from thegrio.com about uh, this story here. Also one from uh, CBS uh, Baltimore as well. Henrietta Lacks family hires uh, Benjamin Crump to sue pharma companies, pharmaceutical companies 
for building wealth uh, off her sales, for building wealth off, off, her sale, off her sales. The family of Henrietta Lacks has hired a famed civil rights attorney, Benjamin Crump, to pursue justice over the longtime unauthorized use, longtime unauthorized use of Henrietta Lacks sales. As previously uh, reported by the GRIO, Henrietta Lacks, um, well, she was a descendant of slaves. She was born in Roanoke, Virginia on August 1st, 1920 at, uh, uh, as Loretta Pleasant. Uh, as a teenager, she gave birth uh, to a child, uh, to, it, she gave birth to a child fathered by her first cousin, David Daylax, who became her husband in 1941. In all, the couple had five children, uh, one of whom was mentally ill, institutionalized, and later died. Uh, now, she was from Virginia. Uh, actually, she went to um, Johns Hopkins Hospital in uh, Baltimore, where she was from Virginia. Now, during the birth of her fifth child in 1950 at Johns Hopkins Hospital, which treated African-Americans, it was discovered that Henrietta Lacks had an aggressive form of cervical cancer, an aggressive form of cervical cancer. She died in 1951, but amazingly, her sales lived on. And what scientists found out is that her sales never died. Her sales never died. And um, were, her sales were used without consent, literally helping to save the lives of many people. And here's a picture here of Henrietta Lacks. We'll show another one. Um, Henrietta Lacks sales are known as HeLa sales. HeLa sales. There was a concerted effort. Now, they were doing experiments on her sales for years. And there was a concerted effort to hide the fact that her sales were being utilized. And, and what the scientists found out is that her sales never died. They replicated. Uh, many scientific landmarks have used sales, uh, have used Henrietta Lacks sales, such as cloning, gene mapping, and in vitro fertilization. Cloning, gene mapping, and in vitro fertilization also. So probably now, probably billions of dollars have been made off of her sales, and her family was never compensated. And for these um, scientific breakthroughs, for these medical experiments, her family was not asked permission to use her sales. So Benjamin Crump is suing pharmaceutical companies on behalf of uh, the Lacks family. Now, her, uh, so her sales are called HeLa sales, H-E-L-A, HeLa sales. They took the first two letters of her first and last name to cover up who these sales were from. So they call them HeLa sales. Um, her sales were unusual because hers were the first ones found to grow outside of the body and not die within days as others had. In fact, Henrietta Lacks sales were able to reproduce an entire generation every 24 hours, according to reports. Now, sales taken from uh, Henrietta Lacks helped lead to a multitude of medical treatments, but neither she nor her family gave consent. 
her descendants now see now seek compensation from big pharmaceutical companies that profited uh, from using HeLa cells in medical research. Lawrence Lacks Sr., the oldest surviving son of Henrietta Lacks, appeared at a press conference this week with uh, attorney Benjamin Crump and spoke about representing the family, the Baltimore Sun reports. All right, I wanna go to, uh, we're gonna go to clip one here from, um, this is from WMAR uh, TV2 News there in Baltimore. Uh, and this is uh, an excerpt of that press conference. Let's go to this clip, uh, uh, Ed. Rihanna Taylor and Trayvon Martin, those are the few families attorney Benjamin Crump has represented. Today he was in Baltimore discussing what he calls the potential landmark case. As WMAR2 News Kendall Green reports tonight, he's now representing the family of Henrietta Locks, whose cancerous cells made pharmaceutical companies a fortune, the family says, unjustly and unethically. Mistrust of the black community regarding medical treatment is a years-long issue the Henrietta Lacks case validates. Her family attorneys are looking to right or wrong that profited medical businesses billions. Say her name. Henrietta Lacks cancerous cells went on to be the first human cells ever to be cloned and since have been used to research vaccines, cancer treatment, and other advances in medicine. But it was all done without the family's consent or knowledge. What we're doing right now is very important and very um, synonymous to the mistrust that we've all been dealing with in America. The Lacks family says doctors at Johns Hopkins Hospital around 1950 unjustly and brutally violated her. She had raping sold onto her service to try to eradicate cervical cancer, which was burning her from the inside out. This is so barbaric and so disrespectful to this family. And they treated her like a specimen, like a lab rat, like she wasn't human, with no family, no babies, no husband that loved her. Family had no idea what was taking place. Attorney Christopher Seeger, who's dealt with high-profile litigation similar to this case, says the Lacks family are victims of one of the most severe cases of corporate theft in our country's history. I can't think of an American family that has done more for modern medicine than the Lacks family, and they got nothing for it. And they have been unjustly enriched, robbed to the tune of billions of dollars, while her family has never been afforded any equity. Now, there's a long list of potential defendants who could end up on that case. Attorney Crump says he'll share those details as we approach that 70-year mark on October 4th. Reporting in Baltimore, Kendall Green, WMAR2 News. Question. All right. Pause it right there. Pause it right there. Okay. We're going to continue this on the other side of the break. That's from the uh, press conference that took place announcing the lawsuit pharmaceutical companies on behalf of the uh, family of Henrietta Lacks. We'll talk more about Henrietta Lacks uh, on the other side of the break and, and, and talk some about her history. And then we'll talk about uh, Simone Biles and the news that came out today that she's withdrawing from the um, vote competition. Um, 
and another competition as well. Okay, that's supposed to take place on Sunday. Uh, individual competitions. All right, the uh, vault and uneven bar uh, competitions. And we'll give you an update on what's going on with Simone Biles. She posted today on her Instagram account and said she still is suffering from the twisties. You listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our story, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30-plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted, empower yourself. Start your free trial today. We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle her hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustler Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Friday, July 30th, 2021. And we are live. Calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a quick question or comment. Okay. Um, right before the break, we were talking about uh, Henrietta Lacks and the lawsuit that uh, ben Attorney Benjamin Crump has filed on behalf of the family of Henrietta Lacks, okay? So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll go back to that in just a second. Hey, I wanna um, remind you that uh, my new 10-week online course that I teach on Saturdays uh, takes place 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. So there's a 10 week online course that I teach uh, class just started up. 
Uh, if you go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and scroll down the page, you'll see the information there. Click on register here. Uh, it takes you to the next page. And uh, just click on enroll. Class is regularly, uh, 80, regularly $130. It's on sale $80. As soon as you register, uh, you can start watching the uh, course content, okay? Uh, so we do the class live. All the sessions are recorded. Do the class live. All the sessions are recorded. And uh, as soon as you register, you can watch cl uh, the class we just did this past Saturday. There's also some bonus content there that you can watch as well. You can watch from around the world. And we look at history in uh, ten, approximately 10-year increments, starting in 1865, looking at 40 acres and the mule, looking at the end of the Civil War, and what happened to African-Americans during that 100-plus year period of time through uh, Jim Crow, through the Civil Rights, through World War I, World War II, the Civil Rights Movement, and the Black Power Movement, okay? All right, so we just posted the link here. You can register for that class. We'll see you uh, in class on Saturday. All right, let's go back to uh, information here dealing with Henrietta Lacks. So uh, there's an article from thegrio.com about this, and then one also from uh, CBS uh, Baltimore dealing with uh, this lawsuit. So um, the, and the name of this article, once again, is uh, Henrietta Lacks Family Hires Crump to Sue Pharma Companies for Building Wealth Off Her Sales. Now, um, Henrietta Lacks descendants now seek compensation from big pharmaceutical companies that profited from using the HeLa sales in medical research. Her son, Lord Lacks Sr., who you heard in the clip that uh, we played before the break, is the oldest surviving son of Henrietta Lacks. He appeared at a press conference this week with attorney Benjamin Crump and spoke about representing the family, the Baltimore Sun reports. Now, the, um, and here's a picture of um, uh, Henrietta Lacks and her husband, David, okay? Now, they, they were uh, poor tobacco farmers, okay? And when you see them, I, I talked about this before. You know, there was a dignity that many African-Americans had about ourselves, even in poverty there was still a dignity because when you look at pictures of Henrietta Lacks, she looks like she could be on the cover of jet magazine or, or Ebony magazine. She, she, she if, if you saw Henrietta Lacks, like this picture here, the other picture, if you saw Henrietta Lacks on the cover of jet magazine in 1950, next to Lena Horne or next to Dorothy Dandridge, you would think she belonged there. There was, there was a, you look at her husband here, there was a dignity that we had about ourselves. Even if we were in poverty, we had the mindset that we may live in poverty, but poverty does not have to live in us. All right. So, um, but take a look at this here. I, I've talked about this before, you know, when I do present, when I um, do my lecture series, Great African Women in History. I've talked about this before when I do my lecture series, Great African Women in History, the Mothers of Civilization. I mean, you look at uh, Henrietta Lacks and her husband, David, it, it looked like they could be on the cover of Jet Magazine back in the 50s and 60s or, or 40s, like um, Ebony Magazine, something like that. Okay. All right. 
And like I said, she was she was like she could be on the cover of a jet next to Dorothy Dandridge or Lena Horn or uh any any other actresses, African American actresses from that period or from the seventies as well. Okay, now uh let me go back to this one here. If we look back at the article here from uh the Grio. Just a second. Look back at the article from the Grio. Um, Christopher Seeger, who you heard in the clip that we just played, uh, is uh, one of the family's attorneys, Christopher Seeger. And he said, quote, the American pharmaceutical company, the, the American pharmaceutical community has a shameful history of profiting off research at the expense of black people without their knowledge, consent, or benefit, without their knowledge, consent, or benefit, leading to mass profits for pharmaceutical companies from our illness and our very bodies. This was, uh, this statement here was from Benjamin Crump, okay? He said, the American pharmaceutical community has a shameful history of profiting uh, off of research profiting off research at the expense of black people without their knowledge, consent, or benefit. And, okay, we have it up here on the screen. Without their knowledge, consent, or benefit leading to mass profits for pharmaceutical companies from our illness and our very bodies. Uh, Benjamin Crump went on to say there is no clearer example of this than Henrietta Lacks and the seemingly endless manipulation of her genetic material. The pharmaceutical companies have been unjustly enriched by this unethical taking of her sales while Henrietta Lacks family has never been afforded any equity. Now, um, attorney uh, Christopher Seeger, who you also heard in the clip, uh, he said, this is the greatest example of corporate theft that I've seen in my career, and I've been pursuing pharmaceutical companies for 25 years. They took something from this family and have offered them nothing, yet they've gone out and made millions of dollars. I think they've made, I think they've made billions, actually. I think, I, I think it's a lot more than millions. I think they've made billions of dollars um, since the 1950s off of the HeLa sales. Now, David Crawl, uh, in his uh, article for Forbes magazine, said so widespread was the subsequent distribution of HeLa sales over the years that 76,000 research articles, 76,000 research articles have been written that cite the use of the sales in one form or another. OK, so this deals with see racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race, which comes out of the ideology of European white supremacy. And when we talk about the racial wealth gap, we have to talk about medical experiments like this, where corporations, white corporations benefited off of the exploitation of African people. OK, this th 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 that was like the foundation of slavery. We know it, it came out of racism. OK, but that's like the foundation of slavery as well. 
Now, ethical justice, but no financial rewards for the Henrietta Lacks family, David Kroll wrote in uh, Forbes magazine. Now, the case of Henrietta Lacks, per a press release, helped to establish the ethical standard for informed patient consent in the medical community known as the common rule, known as the common rule. The common rule requires doctors to inform patients if any aspect of their uh, medical, if any aspect of their medical case can be used for research and to assign them a code number to establish anonymity. Okay, the, the common rule came about because of the case of Henrietta Lacks. Now, Chris, uh, attorney Christopher Seeger said Henrietta, Henrietta sales have been monetized by big pharmaceutical companies for decades. While vaccines may save lives, while vaccines may save lives, companies continue to profit off of uh, Henrietta Lacks. While vaccines save lives, these companies have profited from the ill-gotten genetic material of Ms. Lacks taken without her permission is simply not right, and we intend to hold them accountable, he said. Now, uh, attorneys Crump and Seeger intend to file the first lawsuits on October 4th, 2021, the day Henrietta Lacks passed away 70 years ago. And she was... Um, she was 31. She was 31 years old when she passed away and left five children behind. Now, Alan Wilkes, one of her grandsons, said, at what point does a person's property and sales belong, belong to them? At what point does a person's property and sales belong to them? Um, the story of Henrietta Lacks begins in January 1951. So I, I, I've, taught, I've studied Henrietta Lacks in the past. There's an article from New York Times um, from some years ago, from 2010, February 1st, 2010, uh, called A Lasting Gift to Medicine. A Lasting Gift to Medicine that wasn't really a gift. Okay, this is for the New York Times, and this is about um, Henrietta Lacks. And they also talk about the book by Rebe Rebecca Sklute called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Sklute. Um, in the movie, Think Like a Man, that was based upon the book, uh, the self-help book by uh, Steve Harvey. In the movie, Think Like a Man, there's a scene where Megan Good mentions the name of the book the Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Sloot. She talks about a guy who she met who read the book. If you if you if you don't pay attention, it'll just go right past you and you don't know what they're talking about. But it's in the movie. I've seen that movie probably a hundred times. But as soon as she said it, I knew exactly what she was talking about. The immortal life of Henrietta Lacks. Um, a lasting gift to medicine that wasn't really a gift. Uh, this is from the New York Times. So they talk about how the story began in 1951 when uh, Henrietta Lacks was found to have cervical cancer. She was treated. Uh, she was treated with radium, radium at John Hopkins University. 
John Hopkins Hospital, the standard of care in that day. But there was no stopping the cancer. There was no stopping the cancer. Her doctor had never seen had never seen anything like it. Within months, her body was full of tumors and she died in excruciating pain that October. Okay. Uh, 1951. She was 31 years old and left five children. The youngest child was one years old. Now, Rebecca, uh, 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 Henrietta Lacks had been a devoted mother and the children suffered terribly without her. Neither Henrietta Lacks nor any of her relatives knew that doctors had given a sample of her tumor to Dr. Gregory Guy, G-E-Y, a Hopkins, a John Hopkins uh, researcher who was trying to find cells that would live indefinitely, trying to find cells that would live indefinitely in culture so re researchers could experiment on, on them. Before Henrietta Lacks came along, his efforts had failed. Her cells changed everything. Henrietta Lacks cells changed everything. They multiplied like crazy and never died. Okay. They multiplied and never died. I'm not sure if this is where Robin Harris got it from in Bebe's kids. We don't die. We multiply. I'm not, I'm not certain <laughs> if that's where it came from, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> if you're old enough to remember Robin Harris and Bebe's kids. Okay. <laughs> or maybe you have some baby's kids. <laughs> uh, now, a cell line called HeLa, which is short for Henrietta Lacks, they took the first two letters of a first and last name to hide who these cells came from. This, a cell line called HeLa was born. Those immortal cells soon became the workhorse of laboratories everywhere. HeLa cells were used to develop the first polio vaccine. They were launched into space for experiments in zero gravity, and they helped produce drugs for numerous diseases, including Parkinson's, leukemia, and, and uh, influenza, the flu. Okay. All this was created from her cells. All these vaccines and treatments and things like this were created from the cells of an African woman. By now, literally tons of them have been produced. Okay. Now, the, I mean, now we, we also have to understand now the African woman is the mother of civilization. Okay. The African woman is the mother of civilization also. So a lot of the, uh, solutions to mysteries and diseases could maybe found in the cells of African women and African people in general, um, but especially African women. But you just can't use our cells without our permission and without compensation. Now, Dr. Guy did not make money from the sales, but they were commercialized. They were commercialized. Now they are bought and sold every day the world over and they have generated millions in profits. I think is I think by now it's probably billions. I think you need to get it. We need to get a toll. We need to get a, a, a total on that. But I think it's probably billions by now. Um, the Henrietta, Henrietta Lacks family never got a dime. They were poor with little education and no health insurance. And and some had serious physical or mental ailments. 
but they did, but they didn't even know that tissue had been taken or that HeLa cells even existed until more than 20 years after Henrietta Lack's death. Okay. Um, and they found out only by accident when her daughter-in-law met someone from the National Cancer Institute who recognized her surname, her surname Lax, and said she was working with sales from a woman called Henrietta Lax. The daughter-in-law rushed home and told uh, Miss Lax's son, Lawrence, quote, part of your mother, it's alive, end quote. When they learned that their mother's sales had saved lives, the family felt proud, but they also felt confused, a bit frightened, used and abused. Um, is, is the song was at New York, New York, big city of dream, but New York is not always what it seems. You might get food if you come from out of town, but I'm down by law, so I know my way around. So the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five are playing in my is in my in my head because this is the, this reminds me of the song using abuse serve like Hilton. One day you were found hung dead in the cell. So that reminded me of uh uh New York, New York by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. But anyway, it had never occurred to anyone to ask permission to take their mother's tissue, tell them that her sales had changed scientific history or even to say thank you. And certainly no one had ever suggested that they deserve to share the profits, okay? So uh, read the rest of this uh, article here from the New York Times. This is from 2010, February 1st, 2010. When I was doing my research some years ago on Henrietta Lacks, um, I, 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 this was one of the articles that I read. All right. And there's also uh, one from. Yeah. OK, that's the one from New York Times. All right. Check that out. Smithsonian Mag also has one as well uh, about Henrietta Lacks. So I hope they are successful in suing these pharmaceutical companies. Her family deserves everything they can get because these companies have I'm telling you, it's, it's billions. They've made billions now off of her sales. OK. All right. Now. Um. We got uh, news today that uh, Simone Biles is pulling out of the uh, uh, two individual competitions uh, on Sunday. Okay, the uh, two individual competitions, the uneven bars and the vault. Uh, She still has the twisties, as it's called uh, in gymnastics. She posted on an Instagram page today to give an update of uh, what's going on with her also. And she said that, uh, so there's a couple articles, it was a few articles I was reading um, about her today. And, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about her mental health. And we know that she is a survivor of uh, sexual abuse uh, from uh Dr. Larry Nasser. She's one of the, she's the only uh, gymnast competing that is a survivor of his sexual abuse. So if we look at the, uh, there's an article from ABC News I was reading just before we came on the show. And there's also one from uh, NBC News as well. Uh, Simone Biles to sit out at least two individual competitions. Uh, this is reporting from NBC News. We're going to go to clip two here in just a second, Ed, from the Today Show. 
she, uh, she has withdrawn from event finals for vault and uneven bars and will continue to be evaluated to determine where to determine whether to compete in the finals for uh, uh, for floor and beam uh, competitions. Um, uh, Team USA said so. Uh, U.S. star uh, U.S. star gymnast Simone Biles has withdrawn from event finals for vault and the uneven bars at the Tokyo Olympic uh, Tokyo Olympics. Uh, Biles previously pulled out of the individual all around competition. Uh, Simone Biles shocked the Olympic world Tuesday when she suddenly withdrew during uh, the team gymnastics final. She said Friday, uh, she said uh, Friday, July 30th, that she was still suffering from the twisties. She says she's still suffering uh, from the twisties. And literally cannot tell up from down and literally cannot tell up from down. So she needs to take all the time if she doesn't compete again in the 2020 Olympics. Her health and her mental health and her physical well-being is more important than competing. And all these people that want to complain, uh, comedian Michael Shea from uh, Saturday Night Live, who really is not that funny, to tell you the truth. He, uh, personally, I think he lucked up being on Saturday Night Live. He, he's really not that funny. Uh, white men like Pierce Morgan, uh, and in and, and all these white conservatives that want to talk. She has more athletic ability than all of them combined. Many of them, the only sit-up they do each day is sitting up in the bed in the morning, and some of them can barely do that. Now, Simone, Simone Biles, who, get, who came into the games as the heavy favorite, has cited her mental health. Now, she's taking care of her mental health. A lot of these, a lot of these uh, conservatives run their mouths. You crazy as hell. What are you doing about your mental health? She's taking time to take care of her mental health. What are you doing about yours? She has received support from other athletes, including U.S. Olympic swimming legend Michael Phelps. Um, Team USA said in a statement issued Friday night, uh, we remain in awe Simone, who continues to handle this situ situation with courage and grace and Handle the situation with courage and grace. Just a second, lost my place here. Okay. And all of the athletes who have stepped up during these unexpected circumstances. Okay. We remain in awe of Simone who continues to handle this situation with courage and grace. And all of the athletes who have stepped up during these unexpected circumstances. Team USA said in the statement issue Friday night. Now, after Simone Biles withdrew, Biles withdrew from the individual all-around gymnastics final, American Sunny Lee or Sunny Lee won the gold medal. Congratulations to Sunny Lee uh, as well, and the, the, the um, women's gymnastics team. They took silver in the um, uh, team competition. Okay, all right. So check this out here from NBC News: Simone Biles to sit out at uh, at least two individual competitions all right uh, i want to go to um i want to go to this clip here from uh to the day show uh they gave an update um on simone biles and this is from uh they, they were talking about the twisties um 
Let's see here. They were talking about the twisties. What are the twisties in gymnastics? When Simone Biles says she realized she needed to withdraw from the team, from the team final, after getting lost in the air, after getting lost in the air, many gymnasts recognized something called the twisties. Okay. And um, NBC's Stephanie Gosk talks to Simone Biles, former coach in Rio, about the phenomenon. Let's go to this clip. Olympic stage, every flip and every spin is the result of a lifetime of training. <laughs> Well-developed muscle memory that athletes like Simone Biles rely on as they hurdle through the air. Wow. Perfect. Biles often flawlessly performs some of the hardest skills in the world. So when she came up short on her vault Tuesday, the world took notice. Wow. And that was not what was planned. I was trying to two and a half, and I ended up doing a one and a half. Just got a little bit lost in the air, uh, which is really unfortunate. Fellow gymnast immediately knew what happened. She got lost, and any gymnast knows we, we call it the twisties. The twisties is a common phenomenon when gymnasts are in midair and lose awareness of where they are in the skill, making it difficult to land safely. Amy Borman, who coached Biles for 12 years, including the 2016 Rio Olympics, says Biles has dealt with the twisties before. Every once in a while, she would form this block, and it usually had nothing to do with the gymnastics itself. It had to do with other things going on in her universe. For gymnasts, being off by just a fraction can have catastrophic consequences. Former Olympic gold medal gymnast Dominique Mociano defended Biles' decision to withdraw from the final tweeting a video of herself slipping and landing on her head during one Olympic team when she was 14. But it's not just gymnasts who suffer from these kinds of mental blocks. They're known as the yit for other athletes. Whoa. It's when, just out of nowhere, an athlete suddenly can't do the basic fundamentals of their sport. To overcome the twisties, some gymnasts often go back to the basics a process to trust again that can take time. Normally when it would happen, we would go back to training and we would stop doing the skills that were making her feel like she was in the twisties. It is just spectacular. Files now says she's taking it day by day. A champion making it clear her mental and physical health is more valuable than any medal. Simone's former coach also telling us it might take two days or two weeks for Biles to get comfortable with the skill again, so she didn't rule out Simone competing in a final here in Tokyo. One possibility is that she might switch out the problematic skill mm -hmm. for something else, and maybe that gives her the confidence to come back, or she could just wake up tomorrow and be fine, that there's no real rhyme or reason to how she works through this, and it's entirely on Simone's timetable. Well, your comparison to the yips, I think, helps a lot of folks understand precisely what, what it is. If you know what the yips are, yeah. which I did not, that's a golf thing? Yeah. Well, okay. it's a golf thing, and it's also a sport thing. You have a mental block, and then you can't do something. The really scary thing here is that a mental block in this sport can lead to a catastrophic injury. Well, this also, she has the opportunity to do an individual apparatus. So maybe there's one apparatus like the vault that's potentially, you know, making her feel unsure, but maybe there's another one that maybe she doesn't have that issue. Hoda, yeah. what do you think? I mean, this is fascinating, something that we really had never even considered before. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was just learning about it through this. And, yeah, you do think, well, what are the events that don't take that much flipping around in the air and you think about the uneven bars or maybe the beam? I mean, maybe it's one of those two. Um, you know, her team wants her to compete, and it was interesting what Tariko said, that she has been practicing. So you never know what's going to happen. We still have several days for her to decide. So, and, you know, I guess we'll wait and see what happens. All right. All right. So that is from uh, the Today Show. That is from Thursday, um, July 29th, Thursday, July 29th. What are the twisties in gymnastics? Okay. Also, ABC News has a um, piece on this as well. Uh, the story about Simone Biles pulling out of the, uh, the two events on uh, Sunday. So uh, Simone Biles withdraws from vault uneven bars. Uh, competitions that is from ABC News as well and we'll show you this one here this piece from ABC News uh, check out this one also so I hope um, everything works out most importantly you know I'm concerned about her well-being and her mental health uh, not whether or not she will compete or anything like that that's secondary because she has to be concerned about her life and i know she's under a lot of stress with people in the media and idiots talking about her making comments all different types of things like this simone biles withdraws from vault uneven bar uh, uneven bars competitions the gold medalist pulled out of the all around earlier this week this is from uh, july 30th from uh, ABC News. They have the statement in here from the US, USA Gymnastics uh, also. Okay. So check this out. All right. Um, if you'd like this type of information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. We definitely uh, need your support. Those that have supported in the past, we appreciate that. You can support us again if you like, if you find this information valuable. We definitely appreciate that. I'm um, here six days a week uh, for the African History Network show. And for those that don't know, I, I don't say it often, but for those that don't know, some people some people just don't know. I, I don't get paid to do this show. So when you support us, when you register for the online courses, when you support us through Cash App or PayPal, it helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, pay the bills, et cetera, um, and uh, keep doing this, okay? All right, now, uh, we're about to run out of time here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF. We'll be back Sunday. We're six days a week, Monday through Friday, 11 p.m. to midnight, and Sundays, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I'm going to do, those watching on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, uh, keep watching. Uh, I'm going to do uh, a brief uh, overview. We'll talk uh, for a few minutes about some of the information and some of the history that I cover in the 10-week uh, online course uh, that I teach uh, on Saturdays. This class meets Saturdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. This is from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. This is a 10-week online course, and we deal with history that uh, from, the, from the end of the Civil War through Reconstruction 
Jim Crow era, World War One, World War Two. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for the class there and the uh, first online course that I teach, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade. That class meets on Sundays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. All right, we have to get out of here. Remember, right now, this corrects your own behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you uh, next time. Peace. All right, stand by, everybody. Stand by. Stand by. Okay. Let me show, let me go through this uh, brief overview. How's everybody doing? We have uh, Mr. Ice and uh, Dana, Rosa, Nakisha. Sharon Tanji, who still needs to register for this uh, for the new 10 week online course that I teach from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power. Um, 1865 to 1968, who still needs to register for that uh, 10 week online course? I'm going to post the information here and I'm going to do a quick uh, overview, show you some of the content. I do a PowerPoint presentation in the class. We have um, book references, video clips, articles. There's a ton of information that we cover. And this looks at what happened after the Civil War ended. What happened to this country? What happened to African-Americans? How did we get to where we are today? We have to understand that history. We have to understand those policies that were put in place. Okay. Uh, how do we get here? And that helps us to better understand where we need to go from here. What are the next steps? What do we need to do? And one of the things you're going to see is the role that politics plays. You're going to see the laws and policies that were put in place to, to help create these conditions and help to uh, get us to where we are today. All right. Uh, let's see here. Which one is this? All right. Uh, let's look at this uh, briefly here. Let me pull this up. Okay. So these are some of the slides from the class. Um, just want to give you a brief overview because people ask uh, questions about it. All right. Let's look at this here. So when we look at uh, Reconstruction era, 1865 to 1877, okay? So this is a period of time of great advancements for many African-Americans. Uh, the Civil War ends April 9th, eight, for all practical purposes, April 9th, 1865, when uh, General Robert E. Lee surrenders to uh, Ulysses S. Grant. We know April 14th, Lincoln is shot. He dies the next morning. 7.22 a.m., uh, June 19th, 1865, Galveston, Texas, Major General Gordon Granger uh, delivers General Order Number 3 to 250,000 uh, enslaved Africans in Texas, and they're going throughout Texas, different areas, different cities. Even the next day, they're going delivering General Order Number 3, enforcing the Emancipation Proclamation. 13th Amendment ratified December 6, 1865. In the Reconstruction era, 1865 to 1877, for a 14-year period, the U.S. government took steps to try and integrate the, the nation's newly freed black people into society. Between 1863 and 1877, the U.S. government undertook the task 
of integrating nearly uh, 4 million formerly enslaved people into society after the Civil War bitterly divided the country over the issue of slavery. A white slave holding South that had built its economy and culture on slave labor was now forced by its defeat in war that claimed 620,000 lives to change its economic, political, and social relations with African-Americans, okay? And history.com has a good, uh, some good information there dealing with uh, Reconstruction. All right, now, uh, the war, uh, the Civil War destroyed the institution of slavery, ensured the survival of the Union, and set in motion economic and political changes that laid the foundation for the modern nation, wrote Eric Foner uh, in his book, Reconstruction, America's Unfinished Revolution, 1863 to 1877. During Reconstruction, the United States made its first attempt to build an egalitarian society on the ashes of slavery. So we talk about 40 acres and a mule, special field order number 15, uh, and why that land was taken. I, I break down exactly what it was because that land was not, it was, it was one, it didn't apply to all former slaves. Two, it didn't apply to all the land in the South. It was 400,000 acres of conf uh, confiscated uh, coastal land in South Carolina, Florida, and Georgia. South Carolina, Florida, and Georgia. And that land was going to be um, um, actually it was it was going to be that the only inhabitants of that land were going to be African-Americans. And it was going to be a nation within a nation because we were going to govern ourselves. We were going to govern ourselves. So I, I go through and really break down what it was because a lot of people misunderstand uh, what it was. So we talk about Sarah Rector and the Black Freeman Indian Treaties of 1866. This ties into the history of Tulsa, Oklahoma and Black Wall Street. And we deal with the Dawes Allotment Act of 1887, which redistributed 138 million acres of land. It was supposed to go to Native Americans and uh, Black Indians, but two thirds went to white people. We deal with massive land giveaways like the Homestead Act of 1862, which gave away about 245 million acres of land. African-Americans were largely shut out of that. We deal with the Southern Homestead Act of 18, uh, Southern Homestead, Southern Homestead Act of 1866. We deal with the uh, three Reconstruction Amendments, 13th Amendment, 14th Amendment, and 15th Amendment. The 15th Amendment is under attack now, 15th Amendment, 1965 Voting Rights Act, all that is under attack now. OK, um, uh, all, all that is under attack right now as written. The, and when we look at the 15th Amendment, so it's, it's important to understand when we look at the Constitution, this is why it's important to, to read and understand the Constitution. Um, nowhere in the U.S. Constitution does it explicitly give anyone the right to vote. Nowhere in the U.S. Constitution does it explicitly give anyone the right to vote. OK. 15th Amendment guarantees the right to vote, but nowhere in the U.S. Constitution does it explicitly give anyone the right to vote. Uh, and then we know the 19th Amendment that guaranteed the right to vote for uh, white women. OK, and then the 26th Amendment of 1971, which lowered the minimum voting age from 21 to 18. That language, language is based upon the 15th Amendment. So we deal with the 15th Amendment uh, also. 
and the obstacles that were put in the way of the 15th Amendment. Uh, the, the, um, the 15th Amendment prohibits federal and state governments from placing restrictions on voting based on three criteria, race, color, and previous condition of servitude. The entire amendment is two sentences long. 15th Amendment Section 1 says the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged for uh, the by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Section 2, the Congress shall have power to enforce the article by this article by appropriate legislation. Okay. Um and then we deal with the uh, so 15th Amendment was ratified in 1870, and you're going to see obstacles put into the way of the 15th Amendment. Basically, it's, they try to put obstacles in the way of it, these southern states. Basically, as soon as it's ratified, one one of the things that they're going to do is southern states are going to start passing laws making it uh, illegal for people to vote who have felony convictions. This is when you're going to start seeing uh, felony dis disenfranchisement taking place and stripping away people's voting rights if they have been convicted of a felony. All right. So during the Reconstruction era, um, many African-Americans were elected to public office. There's going to be about 2000 African-American men elected to public office during the Reconstruction era. Um, it took, uh, and, and, and even shortly after that, uh, to public office during the 1880s, many African-Americans were even elected to public office during the 1880s in the states that formerly had constituted the Confederate States of America. This was the Confederacy, the CSA, Confederate States of America. By the 1890s, however, efforts by several states to enact, uh, such measures as poll taxes, literacy tests and grandfather clauses in addition to widespread threats and violence in addition to widespread threats and violence had completely re okay bye okay hold on just a second then we lost connection um by the so by the 1890s, however, efforts by several states to enact such measures as poll taxes, literacy tests, and grandfather clauses, in addition to widespread threats and violence, had completely reversed those trends. Had completely reversed those trends. Okay. Um, by the beginning of the 20th century. Nearly all African-Americans in the states of the former Confederacy were, again, disenfranchised. When we go through, and, we, and one of the things we do in the class, we're going to go through, look at the, 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 the massacres that took place, race massacres, uh, Vicksburg Massacre, 1873. We'll look at the um, Okoy Massacre, 1920 in Florida. When you go through and look at these massacres, these massacres are going to take place attacking African-Americans. They're going to take place usually because of one of three things. Either over a white woman, white woman, somebody said a uh, black man raped a white woman, looked at a white woman, dreamed about a white woman, something like that. Or it's going to be economic issues. It's going to be over jobs or something like that. Uh, and African-Americans 
uh, getting hired at companies and 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 pushing uh, uh, c- competing for jobs against uh, uh, white people, things like this. Like uh, uh, yesterday, we talked about the silent march in 1917, uh, with 10,000 African Americans marched down Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, and the silent march. Uh, they, they were they were marching for a federal anti lynching law. Uh, well, one of the reasons why that silent march took place is because of the um, East St. Louis uh, race riot of 1917. The East St. Louis East St. Louis Illinois uh, race riot of 1917. Okay, and that was precipitated by African Americans competing for jobs and, and the population of African Americans uh doubling over a short period of time in uh East uh Illinois because of uh the Great Migration, even though it's towards the beginning of the Great Migration, but because of the Great Migration. We talked about this here on uh, on yesterday's show. Uh New York City NAACP silent protest parade of nineteen seventeen. We had ten thousand African Americans marching down Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Okay, so we're going to see this continuous effort to suppress the African-American vote because the forces working against us know that they know, one, how important the vote is and how it's tied to getting policies put in place. And then also they know that we're going to vote those people out of office that are doing us harm as well. They know we're going to vote them out of office. So, so we go back and we see voter suppression in the 1890s. You hear me talk about the uh, article from the Washington Post, and we deal with we deal with this whole thing some more in the class, dealing with the Mississippi uh, State Convention of 1890, the Mississippi State Convention of 1890, where the judge that presided over this con- state convention, Judge Solomon Solomon Saladin Calhoun. He said, we came here to the Negro. He said, we came here to exclude the Negro. And this, this method that the state of Mississippi implemented to suppress the African-American vote is then going to be adopted by other Southern states. See, when you go through year after year and you see the laws and policies put in place, see, then you start understanding the strategies that were used to oppress us. And when we start understanding these strategies and these laws and things like this that were put in place and to oppress us and we see how they're being used, then we understand how to better, better navigate this system, better, better navigate the system. And we understand that those policies are written by people. They didn't just fall out of the sky. They're not ordained by, by the creator. They're written by people who are trying to do us harm and understanding racism as a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race. So we got to fire those people, vote them out of office and put uh, people in office whose policies and platforms more line up with what our issues are. So read this article here from the Washington Post, the Mississippi plan to keep blacks from voting in 1890. We came here to exclude the Negro. The convention's president, Saladin, uh, Solomon Saladin Calhoun, a white county judge put the voting issue bluntly. He said, let's tell the truth. If it bursts the bottom of the universe, he said, he said, we came here to exclude the Negro. Nothing short of this answer. And at this, and, and, and this strategy was called the Mississippi plan. 
Okay, now, delegates at this state convention eventually adopted literacy tests and poll taxes geared to suppress the black vote in a state that had an African-American majority. The majority of the population of Mississippi was African-American in 1890 as a legacy of slavery, okay? You're just 35 years after uh, slavery ended. Now, the, um, or, or 25 years after slavery ended, I should say, uh, 1865. The Mississippi plan became the model throughout the South, part of a raft of racially oppressive Jim Crow laws that ended reconstruction. The Mississippi plan became the model throughout the South. And they, they instituted poll taxes and literacy tests at this, uh, uh, at this convention, at this state convention. Okay, so check this out. So this directly ties into history and we're still feeling and, and, and because of laws like this, that's why you needed the 1965 Voting Rights Act. So we start seeing a chronology of history and how historical events don't happen in the vacuum. They are the culmination of a sequence of historical events. And we'll see how all these things are connected. Historical events, the chronology of these events, laws, policies, conditions, all this is connected. Poll taxes in federal elections were abolished by the 24th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, okay? And in 1966, the Supreme Court uh, extended that ban to state and local elections. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 abolished prerequisites to registration and voting and also allowed for federal preclearance of changes in election laws in certain covered jurisdictions, including nine mostly Southern states. Then they talk about Shelby County versus Holder 2013, which struck down section five of the Voting Rights Act that dealt with preclearance. So we talk about the force acts, also the four force acts, especially the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871 and how President Ulysses S. Grant declared martial law in nine counties in South Carolina to crack down on the Ku Klux Klan. That's the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. Uh, the Mississippi State Convention, all that stuff. We talk about the all-white primaries that took place like in Texas uh, in uh, 19, I think it's 1914, the all-white primaries. And the, the Texas State Constitution, the 1876. We look at the Louisiana State Constitution of um 18 that was that was like 1898 the louisiana state constitution and the, and in these uh former confederate states they're putting these laws in their state constitutions to suppress the african-american vote after a white election official blocked a black man lonnie e smith uh the right to vote in the 1940 texas democratic primary the naacp's thurgood marshall and william h hasty challenged the case all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. In 1944, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Smith versus Allwright that the Texas white primary system was unconstitutional. Now, this is Thurgood Marshall winning a case against, uh, fighting against the Texas state constitution, okay, that, that, that sanctioned these all-white primaries. And look at what's taking place in Texas right now. Texas, and see, the Republicans in, in the state of Texas the reason why they, they're trying to pass these voter restriction bills is because Texas is 83 and a half percent non-white. 
in Texas is becoming more and more non-white and you have white Republicans trying to hold on to power. Texas is 83.5% non-white. And this is why and this is why you see what's taking place. Okay, then we deal with the Great Migration, 1915, 1970. We'll talk about the, the Jim Crow era, and, and uh, we, we deal with uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, uh, 1896 U.S. Supreme Court case, uh, the Grandfather Clause, 1898, Williams versus Mississippi, 1898 U.S. Supreme Court case that challenges the uh, uh, poll taxes and literacy tests in, in Mississippi. And the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that it was not unconstitutional to have these uh, uh, obstructions to have these obstacles in the way of the 15th amendment uh great migration where we saw uh six million african americans migrating out of the south and up north and out west which is totally going to change this country this is from 1915 to 1970 and they're going to places like uh mississippi um, going from mississippi to places like uh Gary, indiana and detroit michigan chicago illinois uh we talk about the movie the birth of a nation Okay, the birth of a nation that uh, calls race riots in the streets. A critical, critical movie because this movie helped to rejuvenate the Ku Klux Klan, February 8th, 1915. But also, we fought back against the movie. There were protests against this movie. There were protests organized by the NAACP, Charlotta Bass, um, who was the editor of the Calif uh, uh, California Eagle uh, Black newspaper out in uh, California. Then, then you had William Monroe Trotter in uh boston okay and we we organized protests against this movie okay we organized protests against this movie all right stand by everybody it looks like uh all right All right, so we should be back. Okay, so the movie, the movie, The Birth of a Nation, caused race riots in in the streets. It the movie helped rejuvenate the Ku Klux Klan. The movie shows the Ku Klux Klan as heroes, um, it, and then we protested against the movie as well. The NAACP people like uh, Charlotta Bass, um, who was the editor of the California Eagle. Uh, black newspaper. Uh, th th she led uh, protests against the movie. William Monroe Trotter in Boston led protests against the movie. There's actually a documentary about William Monroe Trotter and his protests against the movie, The Birth of a Nation. It's called Birth of a Movement. Birth of a Movement. It's about William, William Monroe Trotter, who was uh, the editor of the Boston Guardian uh, black newspaper also. And he led protests against this movie as well. We organized because we knew the movie was detrimental to our existence. We knew the movie was detrimental to our existence. And it showed all these negative stereotypical images of African-Americans. So we protested against the movie, The Birth of a Nation. We, we, know, we had Oscar Michaud. We had a number of different African-American directors. African-Americans have been making our own movies since the movie, The Birth of a Nation, came out in 1915. We had about 150 production companies, some completely owned by African-Americans, others partly owned uh, by African-Americans. And we were making we, we were producing our own movies. OK. And the most prolific uh, director producer was Oscar Michaud, um, 
who uh, from 1918 to 1948, he directed and produced 44 movies, Oscar Michaud. Read Donald Bogle's book, Blacks in American Films and Television, an illustrated encyclopedia. Uh, Donald Bogle is the father of, um, of uh, black cinema. He's the godfather of black cinema. All right, how's everybody doing? How y'all like this type of information? Okay, so these are some of the things we, we deal with in the course. We deal with the Harlem Renaissance. We deal with the Red Summer of 1919, when we had over 25 major race riots in this country. And this takes place the year after World War I ends, but this is also during the great pandemic of 1918, the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918, 1919, and it goes into 1920 um, also. Okay, and you have over 25 major race riots in this country, uh, like the Chicago race riot. Um, so we deal with the Harlem Renaissance. We deal with the Marcus Garvey movement, UNIA, uh, Dr. Carter G. Woodson, and the Universal Negro, uh, uh, the um, uh, Asala Association for the Study of African American Life and History, Negro Life and History, uh, and the creation of uh, Negro History Week in 1926. We take you throughout history and look at each class. We go through and analyze a 10-year period of time to understand what happened to us to understand what happened to our history, what, what happened in our history, and how do we get to where we are today. We go through the civil rights movement and see how the civil rights movement gave way to the black power movement. Okay, so you can register for this 10-week online course at our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. Scroll down the page, and uh, you'll see the information for the uh, our radio show. Uh, you can click here to listen to audio podcasts of our shows click here to read articles i've written we have the information here from the civil war to the civil rights movement and black power 1865 to 1968 this is a 10-week online course we do the class live on saturdays 3 p.m to 5 p.m eastern standard time so you can join us in class live um you can see me i can't see you it's not like zoom okay where you see everybody in class you can see me. I can't see you. We have a live text chat, so you can text questions also. Uh, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Click right here to register here. It takes you to the next page. And then um, just click on uh, click on enroll. As soon as you register, you can watch the other class we just did Saturday, last Saturday. And then uh, there's other archived content there. Uh, you'll get the archived on demand you get classes one through three of the uh other 10-week online course i teach uh ancient kemet the moors and the ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade what they didn't teach you in school ancient kemet the moors and the ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade what they didn't teach you in school so this 10-week class this one meets sundays 2 p.m to 4 p.m okay so this is going on right now um and you can register for this one also. And we do the classes live. All the sessions are recorded also. Okay. Both classes are uh, on sale. They're uh, $80 each. And you you still have access to the content even after the class is over with. So next year, you can still go back and watch the entire uh, course. All right. So you can register for those classes. You can start watching the content right now. And we'll see you in class. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday. All right, look, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent. Um, 
Also, if you want to advertise with the African History Network, email us at uh, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. And uh, we'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network in your 30-second to 60-second video commercial will uh, air during uh, when we rebroadcast our shows also. All right. Remember, right now is correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black. All positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30-plus channels. Thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T Mobile. Microsoft 365 and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. For 25 years, the Black History 101 Mobile Museum has carried on the rich legacy of the Black Museum movement in America by showcasing original artifacts of the Black experience at colleges, universities, K-12 schools, corporations, libraries, conferences, and cultural events, making it the most traversed black history mobile exhibit in American history. Dr. Khalid El-Hakim is the founder of the Black History 101 Mobile Museum, and he is a highly sought-after public speaker on topics of black history, social studies, education, museum studies, hip-hop, and race relations. Dr. Khalid was named among the change makers for NBC Universal's Erase the Hate campaign and listed as one of the 100 men of distinction for black enterprise. He recently founded the Michigan Hip Hop Archive on the campus of Western Michigan University. The Black History 101 Mobile Museum is currently scheduling in-person and virtual exhibits nationwide. 
For more information, please contact Dr. Khalid Al-Hakim directly at 313-645-4197, 313-645-4197, or visit their website at blackhistorymobilemuseum.com. That's blackhistorymobilemuseum.com. You can also email him at bhistory101 at yahoo.com, bhistory101 at yahoo.com. We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle Her Hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustle Her Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustle Her Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise. 